Welcome to Series 2, Episode 10. In this episode, I talk with Stuart Barker, Director at Allow List. Stuart talks about his new business and being brave during a crisis to launch it. Just listening to him inspires you. He is really passionate about what he does and isn't afraid of giving an opinion. Enjoy this episode. Thanks for being a fab listener and please do subscribe and tell your friends. Welcome to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. I'm Johnny Ross, founder and digital marketing strategist of Fleet Marketing. Each podcast, I'll be bringing you an expert to inspire you, to give you some great business growth takeaways, and to get you thinking about marketing and the bigger picture of how businesses can improve, adapt, and grow. I look forward to sharing this with you on each podcast. So here we go. And welcome to another live Q&A. Uh, we have Stuart Barker with us today from Allow List. How are you? I am well, thank you. Thank you for the invite. It's uh, daunting, but I'm looking forward to this. Absolute pleasure. Great to have you here. Um, we uh, are live streaming from our Facebook group, uh, the Yorkshire Business uh, club uh, a slight hesitation there because we rebranded only yesterday uh, so <laughs> we just changed our name but the Yorkshire Business Club you'll find us on Facebook uh, we're also live streaming on LinkedIn and YouTube um, so uh, it's great to have you thanks for joining us Stuart um, and um, I mean I've known you for a number of years you're in the the cyber security space um, and uh, uh, it, it, it's it's an area. I mean, I'm always interested in the sort of the hackers and the the dark web and all of that sort of stuff, and and yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and Bitcoin and everything and ransom and and all sorts of stuff. Um, I, I'm curious how you even got into this, but going right back, um, your where you were born in Leeds, is that right? So I'm a yeah no I'm a York, I'm a Yorkshire boy. Uh, so I was born in uh, born in Bradford. Uh, and I've been living in Yorkshire on and off uh, for, for a number of years. But yeah, I, I was born in Bradford uh, and I went to school in Bradford. And yeah, I'm a Yorkshire guy. I'm a Yorkshire guy. And you went to school in Bradford. For some reason, I thought you were born in Leeds. Um, and um, uh, and following uh, uh, that, you that you sort of fell into the cybersecurity industry, would that be fair to say? Um, and, and, and what was the, uh, and you saw a gap in the market, is that correct? Yeah, I could see the, the way that the, the industry was changing, really. Um, I think like with, with most things in life, I've been two things come into play with everything that's happened to me. There's there's luck and there's opportunity. And some people will say there's no such thing as luck. Um, I think that there is, but you do have to be prepared. Right. So so getting your preparation, getting everything in place so that when opportunity comes that you can uh, you can take advantage of that. So some of the things that have happened to me throughout my life, I came from humble back, uh, from a background. I was born in Bradford into a single parent working class family, um, but I was I was lucky. I was in a, in the right place. I was prepared um, when an opportunity came up to go for a scholarship to a private school. So I I had everything that I needed. I just needed the opportunity. I got the opportunity, and then I and then I was able to exploit that and then get a place at, at private school. My life then at that point took a completely different turn to how it could have been. Um, from there, I went into university. Uh, and again, it was luck. All right? I, I got a degree doing software engineering. I wasn't necessarily the best when I was doing my A-levels. 
but I knew I was interested in computers. I used to play a lot of computer games. Didn't quite understand technology, but I knew I liked uh, IT. So I applied for a software engineering uh, degree. Again, it was luck, right? I was in the right place at the right time. It was the the first of those kind of, uh, of degrees. And then I managed to, uh, to pass that. Then again, luck and opportunity. I was in the right place at the right time getting a job with BA. And I, fo I, I followed my career through technology. So I came through software development, then into technical architecture. Um, then through opportunity, I managed to get a job with a company called GE Money that are based out of Leeds. So they were a subprime lender regulated by the financial services industry. Now, the way that the market was going at that point, I had, at that point, I had all the technological knowledge. I had an understanding of how technology worked, but the industry overall was becoming more regulated. So things like security started to become important. We were seeing a lot of financial services breaches. We were seeing fines that were happening and we were seeing companies that were having to react to things that they'd normally had put quite down low within the organization. So things that they call cyber or information security, they put down quite low. So I was in the right place at the right time to be able to put forward to them the proposition of creating a team, of bringing together a team to look at legal and regulatory uh, compliance and make a lot of these problems that they were having go away. So that's kind of how I fell I, how I fell into it. It was just having the right knowledge at the right time, but timing and opportunity has played a massive part in that. Um, and then for a, a number of years, I worked for GE. I built a very, very strong team of people that you know, uh, that people that are still in the community, uh, and again, developed my knowledge and experience within that that then positioned me for the next step in, in my career. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I think luck plays a huge part. Some people don't say that, but I think we open our, we, we create our own opportunities. Um, and it's those that sort of put their hand up uh, that uh, that tend to be, you know, uh, potentially more successful. Um, so, yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, and um, uh, so, so what this then turned into um, is you decided, uh, with the the great wisdom that you have uh, to open a brand new business uh, during a pandemic, um, <laughs> just talk talk to me behind the the reasoning uh, and how how that came about. So yeah, there's there was something that had been playing in my mind for a while about a gap within my own uh, within my own particular industry. So. If, if you take when I, when I left GE, I started a company called Agency. It was a cybersecurity consultancy, and I ran that for eight years. And I had learnings and knowledge about starting a business and running a business. And then I was very, very fortunate that that business then got acquired by a private equity house and then went on to a bigger, be, be a bigger thing. So I had experience then of exiting out of a business. So we go through that, and we came out the back of it, and I'm kind of kicking my heels going, well, what am I going to do next? And then the pandemic hit, right? So then everybody was on lockdown. So I'd had this idea for idea for a while. I jumped on a on, on a Zoom party, a Friday night party, uh, with a friend of mine that's in uh, creative design and creative marketing. And he had a role and very successful role. Known the guy for like forty years, just a friend from school. And I put this idea to him, and I said, "Look, this is very very simple, and I can't believe nobody has done it, but they haven't. And it's a very simple idea." I can't believe no one's done it either. either actually, uh, uh, <laughs> I think it's brilliant. <laughs> Madness, madness. So I said to him, it's going to live or die um, by its marketing and its branding. It's going to live or die by its creative. There are things that it needs to do to differentiate itself, and I can't do that on my own. But what I can do, what I am good at, is running a business, starting a business. I have the connections to make this work, but I need that 
that help and support. So he said, I've just gone on furlough. I'm kicking my heels a little bit. I'm allowed to do certain things. I'd be interested to get involved. So two weeks after that, we approached a, a, another chap that was in, was in the industry doing similar things. So the other director, Lee, explained the concept to him about what we were wanting to do and how simple it was. He was on a mini journey towards that. He was like, I'm interested, but I was going to do this in five years time. So I said, well, why are you going to do it in five years time? Why don't we combine forces and we'll do it right now, right? No, no better time than doing it right now. There's an opportunity in the market. You know, work isn't necessarily coming in. People are on furlough. So we did. We just we pulled the trigger on it and, and we went, right? We just went full. And we went on the principle that you're going to get 80% of the return. Sorry, yeah, for around about 20% of the effort, right? So let's get a, let's get the website up. Let's start the conversations. Let's start the contacts. Everything isn't going to be perfect. The process isn't going to be perfect. For the early adopters, we explained that to them. We are on a journey of learning. It will evolve. We'll take your feedback. But we're on this journey. This is our direction of travel. If you are, you know, if you're on board and, and people went for it, people were just like, I cannot believe that this doesn't exist. Like, where do we sign up? How do we get involved in this? Um, forward 12 weeks. Uh, so within a three month period, we've gone global, right? So we've got clients now in Canada, America, Australia, Finland, uh, Ireland, uh, all over the UK. So we've got clients now that are, that are on a global presence. We're attracting the likes uh, of Hiscox, a global player that even they got on board and said, you know what? We want to be part of this. We want to help you promote this. We're going to give your, your group, your members some benefits. So they're starting to reap some benefits in terms of discounts on products, et cetera. That's, that's not the main thing, but it's just an indicator of, of, of how it's moved and how fast it's moved. Um, we've made introductions to people. I was kind of talking as if we know people what it is, but I want to give you uh, numbers. Uh, we've made introductions to people to generate work to the value of just over £650,000 for them, for people that are right. part of it. On personal introductions alone, that's not through through the list, through the main products. That's an ancillary side effect. So we're seeing that benefit. And again, opportunity, right? I have the knowledge. I've, I've built a business. I've run a business. I've sold a business. I understand cybersecurity and data, uh, data and information security inside and out. I re I'm reasonably well respected, reasonably. Some people like me, some people don't. I'm reasonably well respected within my community. Um, and people, I've helped people out and they're willing to take a punt. And I, I live and die by the results, right? So if it's not working, then it's not working. Then people can disengage with it. But uh, yeah, it's passion, right? I, I kind of stopped talking because it's passion. I, it's about doing it now. It's about doing why Why are we waiting? We can sit around and say, oh, pandemic, you know, again, right? My industry goes, ah, oh, nobody's helping me. Right. I am a uh, one man band company and there's no furlough money for me and this, that and the other. Right. And I'm like, OK, I get it. So what are you doing about it? Right. You can moan about it on LinkedIn or you can get off your ass, look at the market, see what's changing and change it and change it. You know, if my if my industry, if entrepreneurs like me are moaning that the government's not helping them out, yet they paid themselves minimum wage. Right. They've avoided national insurance contributions so that they can have a holiday in a car and they haven't put it in a war fund, stick the money in a war fund, and now we'll be spending that, right? Oh, God, I've gone on a rant, haven't I? You see what I'm saying, though, right? But it's about it's, it's about looking at an opportunity and just changing your mindset on it and saying, right, how do I now adapt to this new norm? Stop moaning about it, right? I, 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 totally, I totally agree with you. Um, I, I seem to have... Oh, you're back. No, you're not. 
We've lost. I'm here. Don't worry, I can see you. I can see you. I can. You see can. You. Oh, we're back. Cool. We had we had a, a little connection issue there, uh, but um, yeah, no, I, I'm loving your passion on this. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, for company owners that have paid. Uh, themselves minimum wage i totally totally get it um and uh, and they're then complaining you know, I, I i really i really do understand and 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 in fact you know i was i, I um you know i, I went out and i said and to 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 those exact people and said you know we've got to take the rough with the with the the, the good here uh, and we can't have everything uh, and uh, yeah and I, and i and you've got to be fair. So, so I, I, I'm loving uh, what you're saying. To be perfectly honest, with regard to you were talking earlier about how um, uh, the marketing of it, you know, it's, it it doesn't have to be perfect when you get started. And you know, let's just get the conversation going. Actually, from an outside point of view, I actually thought it was really slick. Uh, your your uh, your launch, uh, I really liked it. Uh, so so so, however polished you didn't think it was i did think it was slick um and um uh, and and what i'm interested in uh, is is exact is how it has impacted your sector actually and just just to pause for a second just to remind people if people have any questions for stuart and want to ask a question please do comment uh, below and and do ask a question i'll try and uh, bring that into yeah. the conversation um and uh, you know we are live let's have a, a conversation with you um the how has the pandemic impacted your sector what's uh, what's the what's been the impact and and uh, and and what are you seeing and hearing I think it's difficult across a number of areas, right? But I, I will talk to my industry and I understand that this replicates across, uh, across the board. What, what I have seen is in an industry that I never thought would go through it is wholesale uh, redundancies and people being made out of work. And I, I, I have never experienced that um, within the 20 odd years that I've been doing this. That companies are looking at cost saving and where they can take cost out rightly so and the first thing that they're going after is data protection and security right and to to whatever reason that is the way that the businesses seems to seems to be going now there is a slight uptick within the recent recent weeks where things were getting back on track we'll see what the current lockdown about people not going in the office is going to do to people but the knock-on impact on that is uh it, it is a lot of people out of work and i mean some really good people out of work now, what my industry has is what I believe to be a myth, and it talks to a myth of a cybersecurity skills crisis. And it, it was in the media for a while. There are not enough people trained. There's not enough skills in the market. You know, we've got a national security center. We're going to start recruiting people. We've got governments that are hacking us, and this is that and that and that, and, and we've got no people to do it. And I call out on that, and I say, you've got more than enough people to do it. And that is heartbreaking for me, right? Because I am seeing incredibly, incredibly experienced people and incredibly good people that are now, I, I just don't know what they're going to do. You know, through what I do on Allow List and through communities, I try and help people get back into work. And I've always done it, but we do it through Allow List and we do it for free, right? And, and we try and leverage our network and our connections to get them exposure to people that they wouldn't necessarily have seen. We take no fee for it, but we try and make that connection. And the reason we do it is we're passionate about it because we know the impact and the mental health impact on people. And I have people that are either on the list looking for work um, or that aren't on the list that are looking for work anyway, but just don't want to be listed that are talking to me. And the conversations I'm having are quite dark, right? And they're quite deep. 
and people just want somebody to listen. And sometimes that's just my role is to listen. But when you're hearing people's, you know, personal situations, you know, where the money is while it's run out, you know, they're just at the end of the tether. They're saying, I genuinely don't know the next step. Uh, that is that is a hard, that is a hard place to be. Now, I understand that that is across the board. Right. I'm just talking to my own particular industry. But the knock on impact that happens that drives that within my industry is it's the it, like everything is the money. Right. It's the money. So companies are getting rid of these people. And then when they have a role or they have a job, they're not going to pay for it. They're not going to pay for it. So they're saying, oh, we're, we're going to pay what is like a junior rate. You know, I, the, the rates you could get, I was getting 20 years ago or I could have got 20 years ago just as a junior developer. Yet they want somebody with all of that experience to sit on the board, to do the work that they're doing, but they're not going to pay for it. So the crisis isn't a crisis of resource. It's a crisis of what people value and, and what they don't value and whether or not they're prepared to pay or not. And sadly, they're not prepared to pay. So it's hard. It's hard in every industry. Don't get me wrong, but it is currently. It is hard. It, it, it is hard. It's it's interesting you say that that because uh, it sort of makes sense, really. I guess from an organisation's point of view, that some of the the sort of whilst compliance is important, uh, you can see how you can save some money in those areas. Um, but I guess all they're going to do is just cause themselves bigger problems later on uh if they're not protecting themselves uh from from uh, potential issues and um, i want mm -hmm. to know a bit more about um allow list and and how it works so it, it, what exactly is it is it a uh, a trusted uh supplier database is that is that sort of what what is allow list basically if i want a really good trusted supplier you're the place to come to. Is that is that right? Or that's right. It's a it, in its basic essence, it's an online marketplace. It's an online marketplace of trusted preferred suppliers, and at the moment, it's targeted at uh, cybersecurity and data protection. So, and when we, when we say trusted, I'm I'm assuming that they're going through all sorts of rigorous uh, ISO checks and all sorts of stuff. Sorry, I'll, I'll let you carry on talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yes, yes, they do. When we when we pitch the idea of creating an online marketplace. Um, it has to differentiate itself just from an advertising listings, right? It's not an ad, it's not like the yellow pages. We talk, we are talking, our journey is to talk to the end customer, people who are working in business, people like yourself who run businesses, who don't know where to turn. So what we say to people, if you wanted a penetration test, if you wanted a certification, if you needed something to do with GDPR, who do you ask? So they're like, I ask on LinkedIn. I'll ask Stuart. I'll ask somebody I know. So we went, there has to be a better way. If I bring all of those into a marketplace like Amazon, like Trusted Trader, like Hotels.com for Hotels, whatever it may be, and you can search through that list and you can compare individuals, you can, you can see rates and reviews, star ratings, you get an idea of whether or not those suppliers are any good based on their customer feedback. If I do some upfront checks, so again, I was talking to companies like yours and they said, look, I don't know if they're a company, I don't know if they tell me that they're a qualified X, Y, and Z that they are. How do I know that? And I said, well, I'll check that, right? I'll check that before they come on the list. If they say they are, show me. And I get a copy of their certificate. I get a copy of their insurance. Do you have professional liability? Do you have pu public liability, professional indemnity insurance? And I see it and I know it's in date and I check them on company's house and I go, yeah, okay, there is a place for the one man band, no issue. But I check that they are a, a legitimate company. 
and a VAT number, and I provide the VAT number and the company number. So it's just some very, very basic checks so that the customer has some level of, of comfort that these are not just mates of a mate or, or anybody can go on, not anybody, not anybody can go on. But when they do search it and they can search down to their very individual niche, they get presented back with the options of the people that can do it. They get the ratings and the reviews and the stars and they make a choice. Now, the secondary part of that, that is, again, is unique. That's unique in the industry, right? I don't ask customers to log on. I don't ask you for your data and then track what you've been searching and sell it back to the suppliers. I just present you the list. I don't sit in the middle of it. So for GDPR, your data protection, you're anonymous. I don't care, like you would with Amazon, right? You can just search and do what and do whatever you want. What also we do that's unique is people can pick up the phone and ask, right? So we call it brokered marketplace, the brokering element of it, where somebody says, I don't actually know what I want, and thank you for providing me a list of a load of people who do things. Can you talk to me and help me to pick? And in that instance, we say yes. So I'll give you an example. If you said I needed a penetration test, and it happens, people phone up and go, I can see these companies, but I don't know what it means. So we'll talk to them. We understand what their needs are. And we'll say, OK, I'm going to shortlist three. Because based on, on, on who you are, cultural fit, based on sector and size, based on industry, I think these three will fit. The other two probably won't work for you. Let me now make an introduction for you. So we do what we do, what we call brokering. And again, that doesn't exist, right? It just doesn't exist uh, as a complete offering. So an online market. It sounds like a, a great system. What's the, the revenue I assume you pay to become a, a listed and a member? Uh, is that the, the way it works? You do. So the supply, yeah. there, is, there is a lot in the background that the customer, the end customer doesn't see. The end customer just sees, sees a list. What we, what we do is if you interact through the list, we don't charge any commission fees. So that allows the supplier to pass that saving on to the customer. So in theory, the customer buys through the, through the site, they're going to save money because we just don't take, we don't take a cut. But what we do do is we take a membership fee and that yeah. membership fee starts at £12.50 a month. Uh, oh, wow. At, uh, all the way up to £150 a month, depending on what people buy. But for that for that uh, membership, we do the due diligence, we do the checks, we get them listed, but we do marketing on their behalf. So we do a number of things. We check their website. We always say, I can bring people to you, but if your website doesn't work and it looks rubbish, people won't buy, right? So we give them guidances and advices about how they can engage with the customer. We invest in marketing on their behalf. So we spend money with Google, we spend money with Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter, promoting the list clearly, but then also promoting them and their categories. So that's something that they would never get, you know, for, for the cost per click, they would never be able to compete, uh, but we can through the power of that community. What, what are the typical categories of uh, suppliers then? So we've got, to, to be fair, we've got anything that you could possibly want that is associated um, with cybersecurity. Now, there is an evolution of the list, right? There is an evolution of the list, and that would be to move into other sectors because it is happening organically. So let me give you an, an example. Yes, people want a technical pen test. We've got pen testers. Yes, you want a 27,001 certification. We've got people that do certifications, no problem at all. You want business mentoring because you're in cybersecurity, bring a new business. We've got business mentoring. If you need an accountant, 
because you are starting your cybersecurity business or any business, yes, we've got an accountant. We've got lawyers, right? We uh, actually have insurance. We've got cyber insurance. If you want to buy cyber insurance, but we're also bringing in uh, other insurance products that people can acquire, uh, such as device insurance, et cetera. And all of those, we're passing on the saving that they're giving commissions, et cetera, normally onto the customer. So you buy it through us, you'll save 5, 10, 15, 20, even 25% on some of the products because we just don't take the commission. You're paying as a membership fee. We don't take commission on it. So the categories are, are, are broad um, and, and they're getting broader, right? It isn't just what you traditionally think is very technical. It's people and, and, and associated services. It's evolving, which is great. Um, you talked yeah. earlier about uh, it's a, a bit like um, Amazon, a marketplace. You know, um, you, I think you, you you said you said something like an like just like Amazon, Amazon wouldn't uh, look at what's going on. I know. Yeah, yeah, I get no, you. I get you. Now, now, now yeah. correct me if I'm wrong here, but Amazon look at everything that's going on. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, and, 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 it, and it leads me to another question, which which you sort of made me think about earlier, which was, you know, um, you were talking about, um, I'm not sure how I, how I thought about it, but I was just interested on your take around, you know, should we be worried about the likes of Amazon? But more importantly, should we be worried about the likes of Russia? Um, and, uh, and, and, and is that a, is that, is, is, should we be concerned or, or should we be flippant and it's just, you know, don't worry about this sort of stuff? Right. I just, wondered a, your, your, I just wondered your take on it. It could be a big subject. I'm not sure. It, 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 I think it is. I'll try and keep it, I'll keep it as, as short as I can. Right. Um, people within my people within my industry promote and sell on the wrong thing. Right. They promote and sell based on fear, and that is the mismatch. Right. So that's where allow list comes in because allow list is listening to the customer and giving the customer what it wants. My industry, the cybersecurity industry, just bah, bah, fear, fear, fear. These are being hacked. This is happening. This is happening. Do this. Even if you do it, it ain't going to necessarily make that problem go away. But that's that's the conversation. So your question about should we be bothered about things like uh, things like Russia, that comes down to a conversation about privacy. Now, if if you're of a mindset that you have nothing to hide, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. But people, and, and rightly so, people rightly so will then say, but I still I still want to maintain my privacy. But you're in a culture at the moment where the world has moved on. Right. Privacy no longer exists. This is a really hard sell for people in, JD, in GDPR and data protection because nobody cares. Right. If you speak to the generation that's coming up and you say, look, TikTok, right, to the kids, you're on TikTok and everybody knows what you're doing. They don't care. You and I are on Facebook. You don't care. You're on LinkedIn. It's tracking you. You don't care. You're on Amazon. You don't care. So the industry is saying you should care. You should care. You should care. But the reality is, is people like you and me in our day to day lives is we've got nothing to fear. We don't care. Right. If you go into a pub or a, a restaurant or a theater right now, somebody is going to take your name and address and they're going to take your telephone number. Do you care? OK, you might care, but you're giving it to them. Who, who are they? Who are they? What are they going to do with that piece of paper? Where's it going to go? So then your GDPR head kicks in. Oh, well, you should be doing this and data limitation and blah, blah, blah. But nobody cares, right? <laughs> I want a drink, right? I want to see a show. Therefore, I will give up my privacy to get a service. And the government is moving everybody en masse down that road, en masse. Your privacy has now gone. So track and trace. You accept it. Giving your details when you go into venues, you accept it. 
So that is directly at odds with an entire industry that bought into a government lie that your privacy matters, right? The person that's in charge of, the person that's in charge of privacy, she went back home to Canada during the pandemic, right? When the government was deciding that the future and fate of our children would be decided by an algorithm, which is in direct contravention of the GDPR, but they went, yeah, we're going to do it anyway. She went back to Canada, right? Nobody stood up for the rights and privacy of individuals. So should you be bothered about Russia and things like that? Yes, you should. I think that the, the but your fear should be more about, and the like the social documentary that's on Netflix, your fear should be more about its effect on you and your mindset rather than your data. Your data is gone. Forget it, right? It's gone. But how, how they manipulate you into what you think and what you believe, how they provide you with information that's curated just for you to influence and, and move you, that you should be worried about. I'm I'm halfway through that social documentary, uh, and it's uh, it's it's fascinating. Um, I, you left me a bit you left me a bit speechless because you've you've sort of nailed it really. Um, you know, I look at my son; he's on Snapchat and he's got Snap Maps, and I'm like, yeah. you know, you shouldn't be showing everyone where you where you are. And I'm looking at the map, and I'm seeing like a hundred other people and see where they are. And it's like, yeah, things have changed. Uh, and, and you're right. You know, I'd happily give my number out or my uh, name out to go and do be able to do something so it, very fascinating and an interesting take on it it's a it's a topic that interests me obviously and again i'm at odds with my industry because my industry has to communicate a message because they they have to sell that their solution is the answer without the bigger context so they're just within their niche so they say buy my product and it solves this problem but then so they can't speak they believe what i believe to, to some extent a lot of them do but they can't say it i can say it because I, I sit a little bit above it, but you have an interesting you have an interesting dilemma. So you launch a new business like Allowlist, right? So yes, there is a membership fee, right? And okay, twelve pound fifty it starts at that. There is a fee, but there is a certain group within the cybersecurity and data protection community that go, I'm not paying, right? I expect this for free. Now we made a conscious decision, conscious decision, to not monetize their data, but I could. I could go down the Facebook route and the LinkedIn route, and I could offer it to all suppliers for free, and I could make money in different ways. I could make my money through advertising, through selling their data and selling their information. But that doesn't sit right with me. So I say that that's why I differentiate myself from other, other things that are similar or are trying to do what I'm doing, is because as a practitioner, it doesn't sit right with me. But I could, I would be today, I would be more successful visually than I am right now if I made this free. Everybody yeah. would sign up because you all want something for free. Everybody wants something for free. The knock-on impact is they don't then value it. They don't value it. Yeah. But to the world, I would look super successful. I've got 20,000 suppliers on my list, right? You'd all be like, oh, well done. You must be rolling in money. I'm like, no, because <laughs> they've all got it for free. <laughs> But, but as a, a potential client, I think it adds a, a layer of trust as well, uh, having it in the model that you've got. Uh, and so I think I think I think that's right. Um, you um, you're into kickboxing, aren't you? Um, but things have changed during the uh, the pandemic. How, you're, you're not how how often did you used to go kickboxing? Was it sort of every day? Uh, re uh, reasonably close to that, yeah. So this is, a again, within the modern age. So about three, three and a half years ago, 
my my uh, son went to uh, the local grammar school. He went from a school of a couple hundred people into a school of a couple of thousand, and he went through what everybody goes through, right? And he was just taking a beating and bullying, and it was absolutely horrendous. Um, so we decided to make a positive change about that. And one of the positive changes, we reached out and we joined a kickboxing gym. Uh, he started he started that process, uh, and then they encouraged adults to get involved. And off of the back of that, I got involved in it. Then my wife got involved in it, and now we do it as a and we do it as a family. Uh, and it truly is a community. So we get well being off of the back of that, a sense of community off of the back of that, friendship off of the back of that, and we get fitness. I make a direct connection between fitness and mental health. When I'm not at my fittest, when I'm not doing doing my 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 fitness, my mental health suffers. And it suffers badly, and I see a direct connection. So up until the beginning of the pandemic, you were probably between three and five times a week doing various classes, either a kickboxing class or what they call a functional training class, like is a, a hit high intensity classes, um, and, and reasonably regularly engaged with that uh, running um, two to three times a week. So the fitness was was really really high. Everybody starts with the right intentions when you went into lockdown. Jim started doing videos online. And that didn't really work for me. You tried and it just dwindled and it dwindled and it dwindled. And it's like with the economy at the moment. So the gym opened up quite recently um, when it was allowed to, but in a limited format. Yeah. And it's like, it's like trying to start that engine. It's like, do-do-do-do-do, And it hadn't quite started, right? Because you can do a bit, then you have to stop a bit. Then you have to do a bit, then you have to stop a bit. And now with these new new rules that have come in, the, the gym has its approach to it and it can do things that it can do, but there are things it can't do now. So again, we're like, we're, we're juddering along. So I'm looking forward to getting back engaged with that. I do try my best within my personal life to keep up with my running, but I don't do as much. And every day I have the intention to go into the garage and do the work and it, and it, and it never happens because I, I need routine. Uh, I need a reason to go. I mean, my gym is over an hour away, right? Again, like I, for the last three years, wow. I dropped an hour to get there and an hour back. Wow. Right? Um, but you need that reason and you need that structure, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I'm missing that. And I think a lot of people probably are, you know. Yeah. No, no, I know exactly. I need that structure and routine. And and, and I was going to the gym three times a week uh, and, you know, not been since the pandemic. What, you know, what, what luckily what I did find was uh, I haven't run for a long, many years, but I started the uh, couch to 5k and successfully completed it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, really? So I'm still running now. So I'm, I'm chuffed with that because, you know, I, I agree. It does change your mental, mental thinking. Um, but yeah, I'd love to get back to the gym. And, and uh, for me, it's the exercise classes uh, yes. that I really am missing and, and swimming as well, actually for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I was just curious because you said that it, um, the kickboxing started from your son. Were you suggesting the, the bullying in the school? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, oh, it was and, horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. And, and, and how long ago are we talking? How many years ago are we talking? Is this only uh, a few years ago? Yeah, about three, three and a half years ago, yeah. When, when he first joined so, it, he's doing his GCSEs this year. Because um, uh, he's a quiet lad, right? He's very similar to me, really. Uh, and he is really, really good at kickboxing, but he's not aggressive with it. Um, so when we were doing sparring at kickboxing, he struggled to engage within fights, within sparring, even though it was a sport and it was structural because he doesn't want to hurt anybody, <laughs> even though you're trying to get his mindset in that. Um, but yeah, we're talking maybe three, three and a half years ago. But the changes, the changes, physical changes in him, um, just absolutely drastic, right? I mean, we went from 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 where he was to where we are is absolutely immense. 
Um, he's gone through most of his belts. He's got quite a high grade at the moment. Uh, and he's just, just people wouldn't mess with him now, right? I mean, it is, it, it just, it isn't through anything he's done. It's just through people know that he does kickboxing. A couple of people did try something with him and, and he reacted appropriately to it. Uh, and now he just has that reputation and the age that it's, you just, you just leave him alone and, uh, and he gets on with life, right? So, it's dreadful that uh, that you had to do that, but at the same time, I can see some huge positives. Uh, uh, huge positives that you've done that. What what my surprise was was um, I, I've got I've got five children actually. Uh, yeah. They're all still in school, um, yeah. and having spoken to a couple of them just even this weekend about bullying in schools, I was under the clearly wrong impression that things had got so much better. And the reason I say this is because I was terribly bullied in school, uh, you know, many years ago. Uh, and, and I was under the impression that things had, had vastly changed. From what you're telling me, uh, you know, only three years ago, um, it, it sounds it sounds like nothing's changed. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry to, I, I'm really uh, disappointed to hear that. I don't know uh, if, if that's a, a common thing or not, but it's, yeah, that's, uh... I, I, yeah I, I hear it. I hear it. The, the I think the primary school level and the smaller school uh, approach to it uh, have kind of got it nailed. I think there are processes in place where they can deal with it. Uh, the school that I refer to, and there are many of them, I think they're called like academies or something. They're like super schools, right? So what they do is they suck up from a massive catchment area such a diverse influx of, of people and then they put them into what are effective uh, prisons, right? And they're just herding them around, and yeah. they don't have they don't have the resources or the facilities. They can't deal with the medical. They can't deal with the mental health. They haven't got the support services, out of school classes. All of that has gone. So what they're doing is they're just doing a minimum of holding the line for the majority of students and just getting them through the day. But right. the, what is going on in the schools? That that's not for a live chat, right? But it is absolutely yeah, yeah. horrific and outside of school, in and outside of school. And I do not believe the area I am in to be unique, right? Yeah, but yeah. I, th I, 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 think, I, think, maybe. I think I think how you described it, I can get the picture. Um, yeah. uh, I mentioned we were talking about uh, running. Uh, someone on Facebook has put, uh, they tried and failed the uh, the Couch 5K. Just go back a week and just, just that's all you need to do. Go back a week and repeat the week uh, yeah. and just keep doing that until you can get to the next week. That's what I found. Uh, yeah. it, it's... Uh, it, it, Hard. But well done for trying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, if we wanted to find you online, if we wanted to talk to you about cyber, if we wanted to look it, look uh, into more of the allow list, if we want to become a member, where do we yeah. find you? Where are you going to sign posters to? So the website is theallowlist.com. So T-H-E, allowlist.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Stuart Barker. Most people will know me. You just type it in and I'll come up. You'll see an image of me on there. Uh, or, you, or you can just give me give me a ring. But, uh, I mean, LinkedIn is probably the best because then at yeah. least then you can get to have a chat with me and I can engage with you. But if you want to see what it looks like, it's theallowlist.com. Uh, so, yeah. And is, there, and is there anything else that you uh, coming up that you need to promote or uh, any events? You did an event with Leeds Digital Festival. Was that yesterday? Have you got any more coming up at all or is that was it just done? Uh, we did we did a speaking event at Leeds Digital. As part of Allow List, what we do is we take categories uh, and we over-promote them. We call them our promotion months. Uh, we did one on GDPR and data protection in August. We invested a couple of thousand pounds in LinkedIn, uh, Twitter advertising, 
Uh, we got people to create blogs and post blogs and we got a massive engagement. I think we got like 30, 40,000 impressions on our ads and a couple of thousand wow. clicks and it worked really, really well. And again, these are for businesses that couldn't do that on their own. We are doing one in November uh, on testing, penetration testing and vulnerability. So things that are around um, how you assess vulnerabilities within a business all the way through to the technical penetration testing side of it. There's nothing really for people to do other than they may see content that's coming out on that. But if they're in that space and they want to get more bang for their buck, because this isn't a paid service, it's just a, a value added offering, uh, then getting on board before um, would be the right thing to do. And then February, January next year, we're going to do every three months, we're going to do consultants. So we're going to do a whole promotion around engaging with consultants, whatever. It could be um, uh, business mentoring consultants all the way through to digital marketing consultants or whatever, but we're doing promotion. So November is penetration testing and vulnerability testing and January is consultants. Um, and, and if we want to sign up for something like that, where's the best place to to go? Is it just to the allowlist.com or? Yeah, so if you just go on the on the allowlist, you can follow us. We've got, um, we've got a LinkedIn group. We've got a Facebook group. We've got a Twitter. Brilliant. Um, and we've got an Instagram. Um, so yeah, just a slight, a slight divergence really, but the way that we, yeah, the way that we're looking at building our brand is we're playing a lot more on the lifestyle side of it. So you're going to see that our imagery isn't related to technology and IT. Uh, our imagery has a very specific look and a feel to it. Uh, we are from Yorkshire and we play to our Yorkshire heritage um, and we play to our foundations within that. And our imagery reflects that the platforms that we're on target that. So we haven't, we've got, but we haven't fully launched the Instagram but the Instagram is going to be a lot more about the lifestyle, about walking in the dales and things of interest around Yorkshire, um, all the way through to LinkedIn. That's a little bit more like corporate, really. Uh, and then there's shades of grey within the middle. So whichever platform they're interested in engaging with, if you want to see the lifestyle, the behind the scenes, and what we're interested in in our normal lives and pushing Yorkshire, then Instagram. If you just want to see a little bit more of a corporate type message and engagement, then the LinkedIn. That sounds really, really good. You, the way you've explained that, uh, and uh, and as a marketeer, uh, it's music to my ears as well. Um, <laughs> Stuart, you've been an absolute delight. It's been really, really interesting talking to you, uh, and you. Uh, and and really fascinating. And uh, uh, somehow, I've got even more excited about the cyber cybersecurity industry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah. thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks You're for welcome. watching, everyone. Yeah, um, no, thank you if anybody was out there. Thank you for watching. Yeah, if if you um, want to see more of this uh, or more uh, live Q and A's, join the Facebook group, the Yorkshire Business uh, Club, and follow us on uh, subscribe on YouTube, and you can see the adverts at the top there for, uh, that Stuart's pointing at. Uh, it's been brilliant. We will see you all soon. Uh, take care and have a great day. been listening to the johnny ross audio experience thanks so much for joining me if you want to continue the conversation head over to my website fleek.marketing or find me on linkedin that's all for today please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts tag me in your social media posts and please leave me a review on itunes it will make a huge difference for me i will see you soon Bye.